Welcome back, y'all, to episode 35 of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days posting a podcast every single day to see what the journey is like. And today, I have a treat for y'all. With that being said, I brought on my buddy Craig Kiefer to talk about the book he suggested to me in June called The Surrender Experience with Michael Singer. Today, I will give you a summary of the book, background of Craig, and Craig and I will dissect the book and talk about different aspects of life. So please sit back, relax, and listen and enjoy the podcast. And if you're working out, push hard. The Surrender Experience by Michael A. Singer. In all honesty, how much useless and annoying noise goes rattling through your mind on a daily basis? Would you mute this noise if you could? You actually can. The world around us can be very loud and our minds can be easily become polluted by this insistent background noise. We get caught up in the everyday stress and routine and we are influenced by the external ideas of how life should be lived. But you even considered surrendering to your life and simply letting go? If you don't, now it is time. Your life may become much more pleasant. Throughout this book, The Surrender Experience by Michael A. Singer teaches us how to surrender to the natural flow of life. He draws on inspiration from his own experiences and by sharing his story with us, he is making us feel ready to make a change and to start on our journey towards success and spirituality. For Michael A. Singer book, what you'll learn is how to stop the pointless noise how to surrender to spiritual and to let life in order to become more successful and how a series of random events help the offer to become come to these terms with spirituality. That is the summary of the book. Craig. Kiefer is a professional camera operator, real estate investor, and jiu-jitsu practitioner. He has a business helping entrepreneurs and small business owners by creating marketing and video content designed to get their message out to the world. He is currently living in Sedona, Arizona with his partner, Leandra, and his lovely dog, Ellie. Okay, great. So yeah, so I got Craig here. Um, and today, as we kind of talked about within the beginning of the episode is we're going to be talking about the surrender experience with Michael A. Singer. So Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm so glad to be on Zach. Thanks for having me, bud. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting about this book and why I wanted to have you on is because you suggested it to me and you suggested it to me at a really interesting time. 
And um, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to pull this up on Audible. And normally this doesn't happen to me because like I have a very short attention span. But (laughs) from the first chapter of this book, I was hooked. And I wanted to have you on because you're the one that kind of related to me. Just kind of get your thoughts on the book and kind of go into different aspects. So, you know, I sent the summary over to you, but we can kind of go over the big three takeaways and we can go back and forth. Um, I can kind of start for like what my first big takeaway is from it. And if you want to just caveat off, off that, that'd be great. Yeah, wonderful. That sounds great. Okay, so I think that like my big three takeaways probably aren't going to be super deep, but I think the first thing that was really interesting to me in this book is kind of how Michael Singer was always talking about how there's this voice in his head that, you know, he's worked so hard to kind of numb out. And one thing that like I've noticed is like when I read that book, like I don't really have an overarching voice that's always nagging in my internal dialogue. And I didn't know you know, it seems like it really motivated him to reach a point within meditation to kind of dial that down. But I didn't know if, you know, if that is something too that that goes on with you, is there like this voice that is always going on or is it pretty quiet? Yeah, that's a good question because personally for me, I, I don't often feel like I notice the voice until I get still or quiet. Um, you know, meditation is something that I've kind of touched on back and forth through my life. Um, but with my personal experience with personally at this book and the time in my life that it found me, um, you know, I was going through quite a bit and I didn't realize how much agitation I was carrying around in my day-to-day life until I allowed that voice uh, you know, to not have so much control, but to, to, to get still to quieting my life down a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, the, the voice for me comes in many different ways. It comes from, you know, just self doubt that I feel from time to time, you know, you and I have talked about this, um, certainly in the terms of, of being dyslexics and, you know, the, the self-confidence issues that I had, growing up with over the years as a result of that always you know for me it formed into needing to be a perfectionist you know not wanting to be right because if i failed at something that really was a big blow to my confidence Mm -hmm. and uh i know that's something that you can relate to as well uh but for me it's it's this unsupportive voice that feels like it's pulling me away from my true north. It's trying to keep me, you know, comfortable Mm -hmm. and stagnant. Yeah, it's almost like maybe for me, it's not a voice, but maybe it's just being comfortable in my feelings, possibly. I think that, you know, I think what's so interesting into, you know, the dyslexia is always an underlying voice or it's an underlying programming that you know you don't want to you don't want to fail and you don't want to look dumb and mm-hmm. I, I definitely mm-hmm. understand that and that really can dictate a lot of different things and that was such a big part of my programming and maybe 
you know, I think for me, like understanding the voice is like the first step to becoming more, like, I don't want to say enlightened, but more calm within your own skin. And the first thing about this book I noticed was the voice, but I did have that programming so hard with dyslexia until I was about 30 years old. Mm. And I, I started to transition from that point and you know, maybe the voice comes up differently for different people and it's not so clear, but there definitely was a lot of programming control from that point that really forced me to think a certain way. And I think when I read books like The Surrender Experience, there's so much of the book about just giving up on just giving up on that voice and just kind of being present and living. You know, I think that's really where the book captivated me because you have Michael Singer who is kind of like wants to just be a dirty hippie who lives in the woods. And, and, and that's really what takes on the whole aspect of his life is he just wanted this lifestyle and it's almost like life wasn't going to allow him to have it. So it's really interesting how, you know, his voice was trying to get to that point, but it took on its whole, it took on its whole personality, you know? So Mm -hmm. I kind of went off there on a tangent, but like, what would, what would be your first big takeaway from the book? Yeah. Um, wow. As I sit with it, you know, again, this book just found me at the time of my life when I feel like I really needed it the most, you know, and, and oftentimes a perfect book finds us, um, in the perfect times of, of life for us. And this was one for me that, uh, that really struck deep and there's so many lessons, but as I, look back on it and I've, I've read it a couple times now, or, you know, rather listened to it a couple times. I, one of the big key takeaways that I noticed in the, the early chapters that I didn't quite know how to explain for myself, but when I heard it in this book, it was just really getting clear on my own personal visions for my life, mm -hmm. right? It's uh, these expectations that are placed on us day to day, you know, from our jobs, from our families, from our, our inner circles, you know, how much of that is actually my desire? You know, what does it look like for me to actually follow my personal true north, yeah. you know, free of any external circumstances, any impressions, um, you know, and what would it feel like? What freedom would come? Where would I be if I didn't have this, these voices telling me, you know, you need to do this or you need to play it safe by having that job that has the security or you have the insurance or, you know, this much income. Mm -hmm. And, and that feeling of being safe, you know, on that kind of tangent, you know, maybe this is another book that we'll, we'll visit you know, in the next podcast, but the idea uh, of mimetic desire, you know, it's a book that I'm currently listening to. It's mimetic desire is how much of what we want is actually influenced by those around us mm. or wow. how much of it is actually chosen by our own inner vision, you know, and this book, mimetic, De in, on mimetic desire, it's called wanting. It's a great book. I'm, I'm only about a quarter of the way through, but it's huge. Um, studies show that 
most of what we want, you know, is controlled by who we hang out with, you know, what brands we choose, how we dress, you know, people and, and friends tend to dress very similar, you know, how much of this stuff are we actually choosing for ourselves? You know, so getting clear on my personal vision is something that I think I'd been wanting um, for years and, and starting to, to follow. And oftentimes I, I thought I was, I thought my choices were, were up to my own, you know, my own choice, but uh, really figuring out what guides me in mm -hmm. my true North is a huge desire um, that this book has opened up for me, you know, and, um, and being open to the support that comes along the way as we do that. You know, as we move down this path of finding our true north, um, what does that actually look like? You know, it often views life as um, needing to do things myself. You know, I wasn't very open to, you know, and still am not, to having help, to asking for help, you know, and, um, and being with dyslexia, as we touched on, you know, being dyslexic, having help means that, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just creating a personal vision for myself and what that looked like and getting still, you know, re reading the first few chapters of this book, you know, it's really without too, spoiling too much of it, you know, it touches on his meditation and his journey. And you know, getting still and quiet in the mind um, is really where that personal vision for me started to come through, you know, often to get away from the external desires, the external motivations, and just being still, allowing myself to be alone and unplug from the hustle in life, um, you know, it was really a great place to start. Um, you know, as I made my life shift recently um, from being in Los Angeles to moving to, to Arizona, I gave up a career, I gave up finances, I gave up, you know, the path that I had been pursuing for 15 years. And uh, uh, it, it often felt like my life was completely upside down. And I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to expect, but really quieting the mind and, and just trusting that path um, really helped. And, and this, this book felt like it was, uh, it was speaking to me. So it was, uh, it was a beautiful time to find this book and, um, you know, just unplugging from the long hours of the film industry really kind of helped open up the uh, the feeling and, and um, the agitation in the nervous system that I was feeling. Yeah. It, it sounds like, you know, when I hear you talk about that, it sounds like what it really, the book brought to you was a lot of clarity, being able to listen to yourself and kind of being able to really dial into what, what needs to be done for you on, on like on a very, like deep level, but with you transitioning careers and taking the risk you are, you know, and you, you talking about certain aspects of what you're doing now, it feels like you are on that path where things are opening up. And it's like, 
the first of the path where it's a little bit tricky, but it's like things are really starting to line up pretty well. Would you say, you know, that's kind of how you feel now, or is it, is it still kind of in that moment where you're, you're kind of climbing to get to it? Yeah, that's a good question. So a little backstory <clears throat> for everybody else that's listening. Uh, I am currently living in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, my partner and I moved out of Los Angeles where we had been for you know about 12 years and I was working in the film industry there. Um, with the film industry comes very long hours, uh, you know, multiple days, you know, five, six days a week for months on end. And for me, my, my thirties, um, you know, 42 now and my thirties just seem to blow right by. And I look back at it and I'm like, wow, like a decade of my life. I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but just, just went right by. I spent the entire time working and I knew or started to feel like, okay, like something, something's got to shift. Is this really what I want? Like, I know what the next five or 10 years down the line will, will look like. And is that something I want? You know, for so long it was, it was my goal. I moved out to Los Angeles to be in the film industry and, uh, which in itself is not easy. Like it's, I don't know. There's like, I think, I don't know, you know, it seems like moving to LA and getting in the film industry in itself is just quite a feat. It's not like, you know, I mean, even if you like, you know, like when did you land like your first big job? And then, and then that in itself is a breakthrough, you know, like it's not an easy task. Yeah. It's not easy. It didn't feel easy for me because I didn't have big ties. I knew one person when I moved out there. Um, you know, I, a lot of people in the film industry often have family that's been in the film industry and that's, that's an end for them. Um, but it felt like a grind, you know, it felt like a grind and it felt like an accomplishment to get in there. But once I reached what I felt like, you know, was pretty close to the top, I had to really stand at the top and ask myself, is this something I really want still? Mm -hmm. And ultimately I came to the decision that it wasn't really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm still giving my time um, for income. You know, I'm, if I don't work, I don't make money. So for me, that was a huge factor of not feeling free in my life. You know, I wanted more control. There's got to be more to life than this. Um, you know, finding that and getting to the top, you know, I, I also, with this came a little, I had a little boost as well. I, um, you know, with everything COVID, the COVID of it all and changing and the film industry opening up again, uh, the requirements that started to come in were, were that, you know, um, really started forcing vaccinations on set. And for me, in my decision in my life, that's not the path that I wanted to pursue. I didn't want to, for one, be part of a career or a job or an organization that forced me to make decisions that I didn't want to make, or I didn't feel were healthy for, for me or right for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when that came up, when I was four days away from starting a new show and, you know, I got the, got the requirements, I got the email that said, okay, well, you know, now boosters are required and you got to send in your form. I sat down with my partner, Leandra, and I just said, here, here's the deal. Here's what they're asking for, you know, really got quiet. And, and, and there was a life shift that was brewing. It was like, I was getting 
getting kind of pushed out of the nest a little bit. It's not something I wanted, but it certainly helped push me in the right direction because ultimately it wasn't what I wanted. So, so I called my team on the show that I was about to start and just said, Hey, listen, here's what, here's where I'm at. I think, uh, we're going to give up the apartment in Los Angeles and then move to our place in Sedona and, uh, give up life here in California. And, uh, and it was a huge, it was a huge life shift for me because it not only was moving out of state, but it was giving up everything that I feel like I had worked towards. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it ended up feeling incredibly empowering. I'm glad I had the choice to make that decision for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but at that time, my life felt completely upside down. Uh, and you know, so fortunate that I had the wonderful support of my partner, Leandra, and, and good friends like you to be able to talk about this kind of stuff with and relate to um, if, as we move through it. But uh, yeah, those transitions. And I'm sure many people listening, as well as yourself, you know, you've been through quite a bit lately yourself is, you know, these, these, these milestones in life, you know, they, you know, it's, it's often, tough to know which path to take or where to go. And this book came in for me and gave me a lot of clarity on, on what it felt like being in the flow. And what does that really mean? And, you know, can you relate to that as well? Yeah, you know, but like, when you tell me your story, like, it really does for me, like that moment where you transition is one where it's kind of like you are kind of submitting to the universe or whoever being like this is the decision I need to make for me and it feels right and I think so much about what this book is trying to tell people is that you really have the answers inside and you know and the universe or your life path has a weird way of unfolding to give you everything you need if you just trust it and you know, and I, and I, when you tell me about, you know, mm -hmm. the transitions that you're going through and the transitions, you know, I've gone through or life's little ups and downs, you know, there's so much to be said for those moments when you can recover and, and build something out of it, you know, because mm -hmm. really, you know, whenever you went to LA, you built a career in the film industry and which in itself is, you know, it's a lot, but having that ability to do that to me just indicates you can build whatever career you want if you can take the steps and understand how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 with that, you know, being able to navigate that comes with a lot. Uh, it's 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 builds confidence. It builds character in ourselves. You know, you know, learning as learning to be in the flow you know, is, is another part of this book without spoiling too much for those who haven't read it yet, of course, um, you know, getting used to the synchronicities that start appearing when we align our vision and our path together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's as if for me, these last, you know, I made the we made the move out of Los Angeles six months ago, you know, before then things started lining up, but you know, it's still pretty fresh, you know, it's not, you know, two months or even a month fresh, you know, as it was when it was, I was, I was in it, 
Uh, but really, you know, looking back and even being in it, it was getting used to the, the synchronicities that start appearing, you know, um, in many people, these, these, uh, it feels like they're, they're coincidences, but for me in the time as these, as we start to, to, to follow our vision and, and have the courage to, to step out, whatever that looks and like, and follow our own path, these synchronicities quote coincidences start happening more and more, you know? So it's like, wow, are these just coincidences? Cause they kind of happen. They're happening quite a bit, you know, for me, it was as if I was getting some, some help from the universe, you know, it was, you know, people talked about, you know, oh, you start taking the first steps and, you know, the, the path will start to pave its, its way right underneath your feet. Or, you know, people have also, you know, given it examples of driving in a car at night and a windy road and you can only see the next turn ahead of you and you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what the next path is going to, what the headlights are going to illuminate, but you just got to continue to trust that the next things that it'll be there when you need it and that the road's going to continue. And, and like you're saying, you know, with following that path, you know, a huge confidence boost really starts to come, you know, you're landing on your feet after uncomfortable situations or the challenges of life, or just surrendering to, you know, what we all get to do as we go through this life, if we choose to, to follow our own vision is incredibly rewarding. And it ultimately feels like it builds character. Yeah. I think too, one thing about like the book, that's really interesting is like the way Michael Singer kind of puts it is in the beginning, he's kind of just allowing things to happen. He's kind of submitting to this process, but it seems like it almost turns into a snowball effect that because he's submitting so much to life and it just, it just starts to compound and starts to build. And because it's almost like he's created this level of trust or being tuned into the flow, it opens up even more. And it's, mm. but it's like getting it started and really putting in the practices needed. It, it seemed like it was like the most difficult part. And I think that's one thing that I'm also taking away from the book is like daily practices um, where you, you know, you are doing some mindful meditation. You know, you're obviously, for me, it's like getting out in the sun and, and, and creating like work goals to where I'm hitting little targets each day. And I'm just trying to build one link in a solid chain. I think that's really where the book really kind of took me in that direction where it's like, it feels like every day is a potential opportunity to build a link in a, in a stronger chain. And he didn't really mm -hmm. reference anything like that, but the story has so much, um, I mean, so much doing so much self-work involved in being able to listen. And I think you know, for me, like that was something that really stuck out is the ability, the ability he has to listen to something or read it. But like an example within the book talks about the purchasing of land and how, you know, he, he built this large, like mint, like um, monastery mm -hmm. and he just purchased one thing at a time. And 
eventually all the land revealed itself to him and he was able to purchase it and just slowly build and put everything back into it. And, you know, I think for me, like I've never experienced anything at that level because I feel like when you start buying land and building something like that, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just really kind of a captivating story. Like that, like I can't even imagine just being so in tune with the flow that now the land that you want to purchase is somehow just magically unfolding. And even mm -hmm. if you were to purchase it all at the same time, you wouldn't have been able to do it based on a price point, but he keeps getting lucky with prices. People want to sell to him. And it's just like in itself, like there's something about that. Like there's something about the land opening up that is just really interesting to me. I mean, the business stuff is amazing too, but I think that aspect of it, you know, whenever you can have something should be like suggested like that, and then you're building it for other people. Yeah. And building, you know, he, yeah. What you're referring to is, you know, he couldn't have planned, you know, purchasing the land and building this concept, but by the end of the book, you're hearing what he's created and the beginning vision of it is, you know, he, he says that he was just a hippie that wanted to get out in the woods and meditate. You know, he actually was trying to get away from everybody and uh, just be alone, but kept surrendering to what life presented it. And, uh, you know, really just touching, you know, he kept coming back to his own meditation practice, you know, and starting the path on meditation, you know, I love it because he would get out in nature and, and just sit. And I think it's important to, to really take note of that and the consistency, you know, like, you just touched on, you know, the consistency when it comes to building something, it's feels like it's having that consistent practice to come to and meditation doesn't need to look like anything, you don't need to go off into a cave and, and, and sit by yourself, you know, it can just look like being alone, unplugging from the craziness of the hustle and bustle in life and just taking in nature day to day. And that's one thing his, he was guided by getting out in nature and finding this land for himself. And, uh, you know, you also touched on a, on a really awesome point and, um, and being consistent and what it was taking to build that, but also keep, he kept rising to the challenge of each circumstance that life presented him, you know, and this is a theme throughout that book. It's like, what does it actually mean to, to build character, you know, and, and he was doing that. And ultimately what I was attracted to him and the person that he is and, and reflected himself as is, you know, wow, it's like he re really building a lot of character, you know, he's building off, biting off more than he could chew each day and chewing it, you know, having integrity, being vulnerable, being of service, you know, these are all things that, you know, I hope to to create in my life. And, and certainly you have as well. And I, I love the amount of integrity that you have as a human being and who you are. Um, and, uh, you know, by no means, you know, giving the impression that I have any of this mastered, but, you know, being on the path feels like it's rewarding enough, you know, being on the path of creating character, getting outside of our comfort zone, 
Um, and just allowing and trusting that the land and the surface will be there when we need to land. It feels incredibly empowering, you know, and to, and, and this book also ultimately left me with a feeling of, yeah, wow, he's speaking right to me. You know, this is what I want for myself. So just continuing to, to surrender uh, to the experience of that life unfolds is, you know, it felt incredibly empowering and um, exciting. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I just, you know, be obviously being on the path and, you know, having integrity is something that's important. And obviously I think that's where, you know, we can relate a lot on that. But one thing I wish the book kind of went into is like how you recover from like failing really hard. And mm. that's, um mm. like a like a security blanket for me because i'm always so worried about failing at something but mm -hmm. like in this book i never really got like a moment like it's just you know i'm not like could like what if you met michael singer and like he was the type of guy where you're like man it just seems like everything always works out for him <laughs> because like when you're reading the book and the guy's like you know he's building it he's like all right i guess i'll build this house and then he just builds a house out of college. And then, you know, and the thing, you know, the things that open up in the first chapter where he wants to be a hippie and then people are coming to him being like, you know, we want you to finish your doctorate degree because we want to open up another college and we want this gentleman who's a banker to manage it, but he needs his doctorate degree. So you guys need to finish it together. And then the point it gets to a point where, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm giving some spoiler alerts, but there's plenty of little nuggets in this book where the the banker doctor ends up signing him up to take his financial accounting test because they were both signing the accountants and then he passed them like because he looked at something random in the book then he didn't even study one topic of the information he just was drawn to one aspect of the book and he read it maybe three or four times and that's what the test ended up being over and you're like mm. you're like how does you're like how does that even happen? You know, it's like, you know, is it, is that, you know, and we've talked about it before, but it's like, I don't know if this is like, if life is really sometimes like a Chinese finger trap to where if you pull and resist, you get stuck. But if you just allow things to happen, the flow opens up. And, but that in itself, when you read that, you're like, just like, does anything bad happen to you? Or do you just somehow magically always find the answer? And is that the flow? Like, I don't know. Like that's the part of the book where I'm like, man, this guy, like he just, he just, even when he's submitted to it, because too, like, I think that's a really interesting part because mm. of having dyslexia and then feeling like academics can hold so much over you. If you don't like, just because you feel like you're already battling, you're already fighting with one arm behind your back and you know, you don't always have it. And when I read that part, I was like, okay, this dude is obviously in the flow, but that's one thing where it's like, you know, I don't know. That's like something that kind of stuck out to where it, it did. Everything seems to work out really well for him, but maybe too, it's his attitude. I don't know. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. To, touching on that, I, I think it's his attitude. Um, I, the, the impression I got is that, you know, there was a lot of struggles throughout the book, you know, through business and, and his personal life that, could have taken most people down, 
you know, but really rising to the challenge and, and seeing what lessons there are for him to, to learn through the, through those experiences ultimately helped shape him and, and grow from each experience. You know, we all have to face the uncircumstances uh, of life that presents itself. And, you know, one thing that I'm constantly reminded of by, you know, my, my beautiful girlfriend is that, uh, you know, there's circumstances in life um, always have a lesson in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to, you know, to see that, uh, that lesson, what is the lesson in this is uh, a direct result for me personally of, of getting quiet and often really reflecting on, okay, what is the, where, what can I learn from this experience? Where is the lesson in this for me and being humbled by it? You know, I, I think there was a multitude of challenges for him that just kept working out um, because he kept rising to, to the challenge. And of course, you know, with, with a grain of salt, you know, he is the author of the book and he's telling his own life story. Um, but I do think it was pretty honest with, um, the feelings and the, the attitude that he was going through, but, you know, I, I don't think it was as streamlined as the, uh, the book made it sound to be, you know, I mean, day-to-day life for him through each of these circumstances, uh, you know, we're probably pretty up and down, even though, you know, the book, you know, shortens that time span, you know, and, and makes it seem like he probably had it all under control and was, you know, rising to each challenge as it came pretty well, when in reality, it was probably uh, a lot of self-reflection, you know, and um, humbling humbling having that space in nature to get out to and to reflect on these moments and what the lesson is you know he also one beautiful thing that just really that i'm personally working on is you know wanting more community and and building more support structure in my life with really good people that have the same visions and and are aligned to many of the same goals and philosophies and throughout the book it's clear that even though he started to he started off trying to just be uh, a hippie in the in the woods that was alone and meditating by himself, he was constantly surrounded with supportive people. You know, he wasn't doing any of it alone. You yeah. know, he he wasn't out there building his own house or building his own business. All of these people that showed up in his life, all these things that he accomplished, you know, were the result of having supportive, strong, creative people around him. So I think that was probably a huge thing for him as well. And um, one of the lessons that he, he may touches on, touches on, touch on a little bit within the book. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it certainly feels like he could have uh, accomplished anything because for anyone that has not read it, where this, the book starts out and where it ends, it's completely unpredictable. <laughs> and that's one of the beauties of it is it's not an incredibly heady book. It is a book that you can put on and just kind of listen to. And uh, ultimately it leaves you feeling really good. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're kind of getting to the end here in conclusion. I think I got about two more minutes, um, but yeah. And I guess kind of sums it up, but is there anything else in conclusion you'd like to say about it or any thoughts or if someone was struggling, you know, why would this book help them? Yeah, that's, it's really great question. Um, 
Yeah, another thought that I'd love to add. Um, there's a quote in the book that's given me a lot of strength going through it. And until I heard this, it, it, I didn't know how to word it quite as well. Um, but it refers to being on the path and following our true north. You know, it's uh, the, the quote goes, <clears throat> when you allow people to hold you hostage, they will force you to make terrible decisions and you will lose. You might as well take your bumps up front and at least be in control of your destiny. Mm. So this for me being really resonated because I was part of an, an industry that I no longer agreed with, right? The flow of this industry that I was on, this career, this path, the stream was going one direction and I was like the salmon swimming upstream, you know? So, you know, choosing which path in life to take can often be difficult, you know, choosing between bad and good is easier than choosing between good and great, right? Like I could have stayed there. Life would have been comfortable. It would have been good, but it wouldn't great. So being held hostage in this quote can show up in many different ways. You know, you name it, it's relationships, it's jobs, it's going being part of something that does not align with your true north and following our true north will, will never let us down. So, you know, strengthening that resolve and strengthening that desire and remaining in control is, uh, is what I really got out of this book. Well, that's great, Craig. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you hopping on today. Oh man. It's so great to talk with you, Zach. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thank you all for listening to episode 35 of the Zachary Wingate podcast. Shout out to Craig for coming on. Tomorrow will be Saturday, episode 36. And I will talk about an AI painting that won the State Fair in Colorado. And what does that mean for technology? Y'all have a cue tomorrow.